Hello, brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining us one more time. Again, we have Pastor J.C. Mitchell, and let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for who you are, Father. Father God, I, I pray for Pastor J.C. right now. I pray that you will give him the words to say, Lord mm -hmm. God. And Father, I pray, Lord, that as he opens his mouth, you fill it. Father, I pray that you will take over this minute. Pray, I pray, mm -hmm. Father God, right now, take over. I rebuke every evil spirit in the powerful name of Jesus that is trying to hinder this time of hearing your word. Father God, right now, I pray that you will use them mightily for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I direct your attention to the very familiar story of Noah and the ark. This story is a beautiful and clear presentation of the work of Jesus Christ in providing salvation for each of us. Many people question the validity and truth of this incident in human history, but the Bible is clear in stating it. There is geological evidence. We have the very words of Jesus who said, no one knows about the day or hour, nor even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the son of man. For in the days before the flood, People were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the very day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how will be the coming of the Son of Man. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord may come. So in this story that gives a picture of salvation, we find God's view of mankind. And in the, this uh, passage of scripture, we find a statement that directs us to the conditions that were prevalent in the day in which the flood came. The Bible says the Lord saw how great man's wickedness on earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil. And so, because of man's sin, God in his righteousness brought punishment and judgment upon that sin. We find in the scriptures several references to the flood. And in these references, we find a picture of the morality and unbelief and wickedness 
of mankind. One, there was preoccupation with physical appetites, Luke 17, 27. Two, there was rapid advance in technology, Genesis 4, 22. Three, there was a materialistic attitude and interest in things, Luke 17, 28. Four, Unitarian philosophy, Hebrews 11, 7. Five, inordinate devotion to comfort and pleasure, Genesis 4, 21. Six, atheism resulting in ungodliness and depravity, 2 Peter 2, 5. Seven, there was disregard for sacredness of marriage, Matthew 24, 38. Eight, there was the rejection of the word of God, 1 Peter 3, 19. Nine, there was a population explosion, Genesis 6, 1 and 11. Ten, there was widespread violence and corruption, Genesis 6, 11 and 13. 11, preoccupation with illicit sex, Genesis 4, 19. And 12, organized satanic activity, Genesis 1 through 4. And so in all of these scriptures, we find God's reason for his verdict of being of mankind being guilty and his judgments. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The Lord shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels and flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. No man can escape the consequences of sin and the judgment of God. Did you read the story some time ago about a man who robbed a bank, the robber sporting sunglasses and brandishing a handgun, entered this bank and took the money that was hidden in five cash drawers. But two minutes later, the police reported that the bundle of books blew a cloud of red dye over the robber and the man driving the getaway car was filled with this tear gash and staining them with this red dye that would take several days for it to wear off. Driving down the road in their red Ford Escort, there was a red cloud coming out of the window 
and the robber's hair was and red and the hands were red the car was saturated so that is the effect of sin in a person's life he may attempt to cover it up for a while but there's a time when sin finds a man out sin is as serious to god as anything in the universe sin separates a man from god now and eternally when he dies and sin will find you out and there is a coming but judgment upon those who disregard god and his word In Genesis 6.14, this typology of the ark points to the saving work of Jesus. It was made of wood, and so the salvation which Christ has wrought was on a wooden cross. Two, it was three stories and provided enough room for all that God had called. And so it is that there is room for all who will repent and accept the Lord Jesus. And in the third place, in verse 16, it was sealed with pitch from within and without. The word for pitch is kofar, which is the equivalent to the Hebrew word kaphon which is used for the atonement or the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ. We're told that Christ has become our atonement, much more than now being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. And the ark had a window in it, verse 16. The provision, provision of the ark of Christ not only covers sin, but is the means whereby the presence of the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in a human life. It had a door, only one by which they would enter and leave. And Jesus is our door. Man's response to the provision of God was faith. Hebrews 10.39, we are those who believe to the saving of the soul. Romans 16.26 speaks of the obedience of faith. What will you do when the call of God comes to your life? There is a time I know not when, a place I know not where, which marks the destiny of men to heaven or despair. But let's see in the story of Noah and the ark, the promise of God. 
There is the grace of God. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. We are then those who believe in the saving of the soul. What will you do with the call of God that comes to your life to repent and be saved? There is a time I know not when, a place I know not where, which marks the destiny of men to heaven or despair. But we find in this ancient old true story, the promise of God. There is the grace of God, God's riches at Christ's expense. In this story is the call of God. This points to what is said in the New Testament. Those who he did predestinate, them he also called. At Romans 8.30, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship by his son. And 1 Corinthians 1.9, this word to know is a result of God's faithfulness in making a covenant with his people and calling them unto himself. My friend, will you respond today, this very moment, to the call of God? A day of eternal destruction is coming, but there are those who will receive. We pray this day the very pardon and salvation of God. There are those who will say no, some through neglect and preoccupation, others through procrastination, still others through substituting their own goodness for God's grace, and there are many who through the process of rationaliz rationalization will dismiss God's provision and call. There's no question, but what they're sincere, but it's possible to be sincerely wrong. Some of you will remember many years ago that Roy Regals was running as hard as he could to make a touchdown in the Rose Bowl. He was going to make a touchdown, a winning touchdown for his team. But no one was between him and the goal. And suddenly he was caught from behind with a vicious tackle. As the two men got up from the turf, Roy saw that he had tackled the man who had tackled him. It was one of his own teammates. Before Roy could vent his anger, his teammate explained that he had made the tackle because 
Roy was running in the wrong direction. You, you would have made a touchdown for the other team. There's no doubt that Roy Regals was sincere as he ran toward the goal, but he was sincerely wrong. And my friend, you may be very sincere in your rejection of Jesus Christ, but more than likely, you will find that you were sincerely wrong. And then there are those who simply reject the offer of God to repent and be saved. Noah in the Hebrews eleven seven said, by faith being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Consider that his obedience was personal. It was punctual. He did not hesitate, but went in immediately. And it was paternal. That is the rest of his family followed. In the story, we find the protection of God. The account says that they were sealed in that ark. And so because being told that they went into the ark, we're also told that the Lord shut them in. Thus were the occupants of the ark involuntarily sealed by God himself unto the day of salvation after the flood. And so believers are sealed. After that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, Ephesians 1.13. You are sealed under the day of redemption, Ephesians 4.30. He which established us with you in Christ hath anointed us in God, who hath also sealed us. And so God gives his protection of eternal security to those who will trust him. He secures those who enter in. They will never be lost. Even though Noah and his family may have fallen down in the ark in the midst of that storm, they never fell out of it. And so is our salvation. We may fall down, and yet the Bible says, though he be cast down, he will not utterly fall. And so our salvation is not dependent upon our efforts to hang on to what God has provided for us in Christ. There is the sealing of the Holy Spirit the issue is, are you in the family of God? Have you accepted the Lord Christ 
as your savior. Many people don't know whether they're saved or not. Friend, if a person could not, could be saved without knowing it, he can also lose it without missing it. You have only one of two relationships with Christ. Either you're in him or else you're still in your own self-efforts and righteousness. The Bible says that you can know that you're saved. These things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. And you can know if you will trust in the written word and accept in your life Christ, the living word, and be obedient to the eternal word. There were also saved from the rising of waters. The higher the flood prevail, the more the ark rose above it. And while the guilty world beneath the flood of judgment was beneath the flood of judgment and death, those in the ark were risen above it. Thus in a remarkable figure, the ark meant life out of death. This has its counterpart in the experience of a believer. The ark was like the figure where unto baptism doth also now save by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.1 says, we are risen with Christ. Because of the risen Savior, we shall never die. Yet those bodies may become diseased and waste away and decay. And yet that which is eternal will never die. The child of God can say with Job, for I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body and yet in my flesh, I shall see God. Have you entered into the ark of salvation, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for your sins and who was raised again and who is now in heaven, asking you to trust him and become a new creature. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for this scripture for these words of salvation and for helping us to understand how wonderfully this story illustrates what Christ did for us. I pray, Father, that there will be those today who will put their trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, my friend, for listening. And if you have a question, if you would like to accept the Savior, contact us 
and we'll be glad to respond with our prayers and literature. God bless you. Amen.